You're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. I hope you've got your uh, paper Bible with you. I hope you've got your actual Bible, not your uh, Bible that's also a phone. Uh, the only notifications we want are the ones coming from the pages and from the voice of the Holy Spirit. Well, we're here today. All right. Uh, we are in Psalm 27. Psalm 27, if you've got your Bible open, it'll, at the top it'll say Psalm of David. A psalm, psalm is a praise, it's a song, it's a prayer. And in Psalm 27, we get to eavesdrop into a conversation between King David and God. David speaking to God at a very vulnerable time in his life. These words are present reflection and future orientation. The words of Psalm 27 are words of experience, belief, action and expectation. These are words that reveal a posture and a plan in a time of uncertainty and disorder. The words of Psalm 27 are words that I believe can give you direction, peace and hope. If you're looking for God. Uh, Before we read, I want to just give us some context. Helpful to know who is David and helpful to know what is going on for David at the time that he writes these words. Who's David? You heard of King David? He's King David. Life goals from the world's eyes. He's doing pretty well for himself. He's had some pretty good military victories. He's got a pretty good house and land package, you could say. His garage is looking pretty full, pretty sweet. His family history is pretty good, pretty good lineage, pretty good calling. And he's got a pretty good job, king of God's people. From the world's standards, tick, house, tick, jobs, tick, experience, chick, tick, influence, tick, legacy, tick, King David. Now, boy, what's going on right now for King David as we open up Psalm 27? What's going on? Not good, tick. See, right now, David, there's some family conflict. Right now, for David, there's some uncertainty, some family issues. There's been a bit of uh, some bad juju going on around David and his sons and daughters. One of his sons is getting real angry. He's also getting pretty hungry to take the throne. There's been a little bit of an insurrection. A man named Absalom, David's son, turns on his dad, builds up a crew, and David not wanting to cause war within his own walls. He flees. He doesn't want want to have unnecessary death. He doesn't want to have to kill his own son. So David is on the run. This is a period in David's life that is marked by family strife, betrayal, challenges in leadership, in the face of a t- internal conflict. David has, David, there's, 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 there's sorrow over the loss of his son. There's tension. And now David is isolated. Now he's under attack and he's trying his best in it all. He's trying every reason. He's got every reason in this moment to feel scared, to feel frustrated, to feel confused and to feel anxious. Things are not going the way David would have preferred. Things are not going the way David would have preferred. What are your reactions in situations where things are not going the way that you have preferred? 
What are, your, what are your actions or reactions when things don't go to plan? What is it you want in those times? What is it that you would do in those times? Well, it's in this fog of betrayal, confusion and chaos we get David's psalm, Psalm 27. And Psalm 27 shows us what David wants. Psalm 27 shows us what David is prepared to do. Listen in to Psalm 27. Keep your handout handy and your Bible ready. Let's read Psalm 27. Let's see what you notice. Hear the word of the Lord. Psalm 27 of David. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom? Shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh at my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war, war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing, one thing have I asked of the Lord that I, that will I seek after. One thing, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. And make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Life is uncertain. You need peace, you need protection, you need a way to make sense of it all. 
And if you're David right now, you know you've got power, you know you've got influence, you know you've got advisors, you know you've got counsellors, and you know you can make any plan. David's, David's future is well-resourced for whatever resolution he might have made. What does David do? What would have you done? What does David do? Do you see what David wanted? Did you discover his desire in his time of disorder? You still got Psalm 27 open in front of you? One thing. One thing. What's your one thing? One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Just that one thing. What does David do to do that? You see what he wants. You see his one thing that he wants. Now, what does he do to do that? Well, let me tell you what he doesn't do. Doesn't double down on all the things that he could do. Doesn't double down on all the things that he already has. Doesn't leverage his army. Doesn't leverage his counsellors. Doesn't go and buys more stuff. Doesn't move house. Doesn't go and try and fix the problem. All that is, his, all that is at his disposal, he, dis- he disregards it. Why? Because he desires something even more. David says one thing, one thing I have asked of the Lord, that I will seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. What do you think of that one thing? We see his one thing. We see the thing that he wants in his time of turmoil. What is he prepared to do? What is he prepared to do? Do you notice that? Psalm 27 will outline for it. You go, verse 4, what is he prepared to do? One thing have I asked. He's willing to ask. Heck, some of us don't even do that. He's willing to ask. Then what does he do? Verse 8, he seeks. He seeks. You have said, seek my face. He's just like, God, you said seek my face. All right, I'm seeking. This is me seeking right now, God. I've read your Bible. I've read your word. I know what you said. This is me seeking. He seeks. Some of us, we don't seek. Why not? Why? Because we're scared of what we'll find. What else is he willing to do? His posture is to learn for his one thing. His posture is to learn. Verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. He wants to learn. Teach me. He's crying out, teach me. I'm going to learn. This one thing, I'm willing to learn. I'm willing to like engage my mind into this thing. What else is he willing to do underneath his desire? He's willing to believe. He's willing to trust. He's willing to step out in faith. Verse 13. I believe I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And then what's the last thing he's prepared to do? This is the hardest one for a Western audience. He's willing to, verse 14. You see the word? We hate this word. Oh, we hate this word. Four-letter word. Wait. Wait. He's willing to wait. Whose timing? David's timing? Nope. God's timing. When I was in the army, 
If you had a task to do, you know what we used to say? Be like, hurry up and wait. Hurry up and wait. You had to get there. Hurry up and wait. David, he's willing to wait. Can you wait? Are you willing to wait on God in an express post-on-demand generation? Are you willing to wait on God? Are you willing to let God set the agenda for what you want in this world? He's willing to wait. Psalm 27 shows us that when times are uncertain, what this man, David, King David, wants, it shows us what he wants and it shows us what he's prepared to do to get it. One thing have I asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in His temple. That's His one thing. That's His one thing. What have you had to wrestle through in your life up to this point in 2023? What's ahead for you in next year of 2024? What's your one thing? What's your one thing? If you were to write your own version of Psalm 27, what's your one thing? If you were to pour your heart out to God and be really honest, what's your one thing? What's your one thing? And what are you willing to do for that one thing? What does considering the priority of King David do for you as you consider his one thing in your own life? Is your one thing God? Is your one thing God? Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe God being your one thing is not that appealing. (laughs) Maybe David's request is weird to you. Maybe you're like, David, why are you asking for that? From what I've thought and from what I've heard and from what I've seen of what God's done with his, or what people have done with God's names attached, I'm not sure if God's my one thing. Maybe that's a weird one thing. Maybe you need some more information. Maybe you're like, all right, David, with all that's going on, we sit down, grab a latte. I want to tell you, I want to ask you, why is God your one thing? Of all the things you can do, King David, of all of the rebranded electric camels that you could own, Why is God your one thing? Of all the land that you could claim, of all the battles that you could win, of all the status that you could have, why is God your one thing, David? Why is it more of God? Why is it to be with God? Why is that your one thing? Well, if that's your question, David, why is God your one thing? We can answer that. We can answer that. David's longing for God first and above all. There's other things he could have had. We know that. But we can easily understood why God is David's one thing from what he's heard, from what he's seen, and from he personally has experienced. From what he's heard, from what he's seen, and what he has personally experienced. Like, what has David heard up to this point? King David. King David, what has he heard? Well, from, David has heard stories from people as to what God is like. You know, as king of Israel, David's PD, he, he has to know God's history. See, Moses... Abraham, there's some pretty thorough records of God's miracles that have gone by. And David has not only read the experiences of, this, of these men and women and their experience of joy and peace and protection as, if, as God has gone before him, he's also had a pretty keen awareness of the promises that God has made to all of those in his family line. See, David knows some of these words. 
or even echoed in this psalm. David would have been thinking about like, why am I going to make God one thing? Well, I know Exodus 23, 22. But if you carefully obey his voice, God's verse, voice, and do all that he says, then God says, I'll be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adver- adversaries. Oh, wait. Oh, have God on my side? David would have known Deuteronomy 31. It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear. Do not be dismayed. David's like, I've read some stuff. David's like, I've read Psalm 5, uh, Exodus 15, 2, sips the latte. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. David knows his Bible. David knows God's promises. David's heard God's voice through these words of Holy Scripture. He knows number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. David's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to get to that. Whatever that is. Give me some more. Give me some of that countenance peace. Some of God not ghosting me peace. Now, they're just some of the solid statements of God's steadfastness to his sons and daughters in his scriptures. But David has not only read the stories, he's not only heard from history, he's also seen. David's seen for himself God at work. He's seen for himself in the lives of others around him. Samuel, Saul, Nathan. He's seen the work of God in prophets, priests and kings. And he's like, oh my, prophets, priests and kings. Oh my, God has been busy, hasn't he? I've even seen that. It's what he's heard, what he's seen, and even what David himself has experienced. David's experience, he's got some of his own stories probably come flooding back to him in his moment of turmoil. What are some of David's stories? Someone say Goliath? Did someone say Goliath? (laughs) Past battles against all the odds, the power and joy of being near the ark of the Lord. That was worth dancing about. Even David himself has seen and beheld the glory of God. What stories have you heard of God? What stories have you heard of God? How have you seen God at work in other people's lives? You seen that? Or how have you even, careful now, noticed God at work in your life? Maybe you've had some God moments. Maybe God wants to bring one to mind for you right now. Hey, Remember that? That was me. Yeah. Remember that time you prayed? Yeah. And I answered. It's okay. I won't hold it against you that you forgot. I'm just here reminding you now. It's what David has seen, what David has heard, what David has experienced in himself. Man, David, what's your, what's your, what, why, what's your, why is God your one thing, David? <laughs> David's like, I can tell you. I can tell you why. These are some of the motivations for David's one thing to have some these his one thing has some considerably strong logic and reasoning for him to make God his one thing. But also don't miss this. Why else is God David's one thing? David also has an advantage to make God his one thing, doesn't he? David has an advantage to make God his one thing. What's his advantage? David is 
not only confident as to why he can make God his one thing and should, but David's advantage is based on who David is as well, isn't it? David can ask this of God because of who David is, can't he? Yeah, who's David? He's, he's King David. He's King David. Like he's in the family line of God's people. By birthright, he is able, he's allowed to lean into and claim and to own those promises of Scripture that have gone before him. David can get in on that. It's in his blood. It's in his family tree. Ancestry.com, King David. Oh yeah, I can totally go to God with this stuff. It's not only his birthright, he's got king's right. It's like, who am I? I'm like king of God's people. It's like, I'm like pretty close. I'm not a prophet, but I'm a king. That's, God's going to want to help some people. I'm probably up there on the list. Yeah, he's king David. He's got some status. If anyone has the right to make these requests and talk to God, it's God's king, isn't it? And not only that, he's not only got God's kingship, but he's also got God's choosing. Remember how David became king? He's not king by accident. He's not king by accident. David was conscripted and consecrated out of a paddock. And he went from taking care of sheep to being personally anointed by God's prophet so he could be taking care of God's business. Needless to say, David's got some confidence to reach out to God, to make God his one thing. And look at where it leads. Holy moly. Verses five and six. Keep your Bible open. Go to your Bible. Verses five and six. When God is your one thing, where does he know that's going to go? To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Hold on. Just to gaze on any beauty to start with. When you see something beautiful, what do you do? Whoa. Yeah. That's what I do. I don't know. It's, you know. Anyone? Nah, okay, just me. Oh, just me, just, just getting excited about beautiful things. Love beautiful things. You know, that's like, that's actually one thing. We don't have to, you don't have to teach someone to know something is beautiful. We just all know. I love that. I love that God wires that into us. That is amazing. That is, anyway, sorry. Stay in your notes. Verses five and six is where we're going. What happens? <laughs> what happens when he's looking at the beauty of God? He will hide me in his shelter. In the day of trouble, he will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. That's called security. That's called peace. That's called peace that transcends understanding. And now my head shall be lifted up and above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent. What's he going to offer? Sacrifice. Sacrifices with shouts of joy. Shouts of joy. Like shouts of joy. Like shouts of joy. Like at the footy, just massive intercept runs down the middle, boots it from the 50-metre line, straight down the middle, and the crowd shouts of joy. Okay, take that little tiny shout of joy and transpose it onto what David's experiencing from when he goes to the house of the Lord to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to acquire upon his temple. There's your real shout of joy. Yeah? You reckon the MCG goes nuts? Go to the glory of heaven, the heavenly host and the angels praising God for how beautiful he is. Shouts of joy and I will sing and make melody in make melody to the Lord. When David's one thing, that's where it ends up. And he goes there because he knows who God is and he can go there because he knows who he is. What have you had to wrestle with in your life up to this point in 2023? What's ahead for you 
in 2024? What do you want? What's your one thing? Is the one thing of David something you might consider? If it is, I'd be ready to guess that you're probably, probably feeling very far from God. You're probably feeling very unworthy to make that your one thing. Or is that just me? You see, you probably don't need me to tell you that you don't have a birthright to claim. Bunch of mongrel Australians down on the surf coast. We got no Abrahamic lineage. Maybe one of you does. Good on you. That's great. Glad you're here. But I don't. And we don't have king of Israel, king God's king position. Anyone here? Anyone here like a king? Like a full legit garage full of electric camels no, that aren't on loan? Any of you got a prophetic anointing? Encountered any of God's prophets recently to be called out and said, you, man looks on external appearance, but God looks on the heart. Come here, boy. Come here, girl. I'll pour some oil on you. Consecrate you. Anyone? Not me. Well, here's some good news. Actually, here's the best news you'll ever hear. I'm here today to tell you that if there's any inclination in your heart to explore what David asked for, that if you would like to lean into God's promises, if you would like to experience the joy-filled intimacy and safety of being near to the one true God, today I can tell you, you can do exactly what David did. Today, you can ask exactly what David asked. Today, you can make David's one thing your one thing. And what David had, I also want you to hear, you can also have even better. What David wants, what David does can be you. Can I get an amen? (laughs) Like how? How? God the Son. Look to Jesus Christ, who is willing to make this kind of intimate access to God possible. Look to Jesus. Because while no, none of us, no one is born here, no one is born with an ancestry back to the line of Abraham. No one, none of us are born here with an anointed kingly royalty. And if we had, you know, we're certainly not living like we have, you know, none of us are. But look to Jesus, the Son of God. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ, He's so good, God's Son. He's able to make you born again. He's able to adopt you as one of God's children to be able to lean into and claim and to own those beautiful promises that David was doing. That's what Jesus does. He'll bring you in. He'll adopt you. He'll sign the paperwork with His blood. Not only that, the Lord Jesus Christ is also able to make you royalty. 
He'll, be, he'll make you a man or a woman after God's own heart. In Jesus, you can be crowned to become one of the royal priesthood of believers. Look to Jesus if you want to make God your one thing. Not only that, but wait, there's more. I sound like a really bad salesman here, but this is the best news you'll ever hear. The Lord Jesus Christ also, incredibly, He is able to anoint you and not just anoint your head with oil. He will pour His Holy Spirit into your heart if you're willing to ask and seek and believe and learn and wait. The Lord Jesus Christ can make it possible for you to say to God, one thing have I asked of you, one thing I will seek after, that I may dwell in your house all the days of my life and gaze upon your beauty and inquire in your temple. And how can Jesus do all of that? How is this possible, you ask, if you're thinking about this? <sighs> Look at Jesus on the cross. Look at him on the cross. Sacrificial love, grace, mercy, blessing. He dies there giving up his right to sonship so that he can give it to you. He dies there giving up his right to royalty so that he can give it to you. He dies there giving up his reward of a completely holy life so he can give it to you. He dies so you can live. God loves you and he wants to set you free and he sent Jesus into this world so that he can do that. Jesus gives up his rights. He gives up his lives. He gives, Jesus, the greatest son, the greatest king, the greatest life, he dies. So that you can have life in his name if you would believe if you would believe, if you would believe you can have access to God just like David, if you would believe that Jesus died on the cross for you, you will receive adoption, kingship, the reward of being able to have full confidence to draw near to God at anywhere, anytime, any place, anyway. So it says in Acts 16, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. In Hebrews 7, it says, He is able to save the uttermost, to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for them. Do you want what David wanted? You can say what David said. But first, you have to say this to Jesus. Jesus, I believe. I gladly receive your rescue. I'm sorry for what I put you through. but I'm also grateful for your sacrifice. Thank you. I trust you, Jesus. 
and I commit to living a new life with you, Jesus. Please be my light. Please be my salvation. You see, to experience the joy and the confidence of Psalms 27 for yourself, you have to make Jesus Lord and Saviour for yourself. Only then will you have the position to make David's plea with any certainty. Only then will the channel for joy, satisfaction, safety and security of God will it then be truly opened. Have you reached out to Christ in that way yet? Has that plea shaped your life? Is it shaping your life today? Life with Jesus will change everything. There is a joy inexpressible and filled with glory if you're doing life with Jesus. It's a paradoxical life. You see, if you are willing to walk a new life with Jesus, you're going to find yourselves in circumstances that you never will have ever wanted to be in before without Jesus. But somehow, some way, as you walk in faith and not by sight, and as you go into the fray of this world holding hands with Jesus, you'll experience a peace that is far greater than anything else, as opposed to if you try to avoid the fray or manufacture your own sense of security to live in it. See, the life Jesus calls you to, it's from the world's perspective, isn't going to look any better. It'll probably look worse. You gave up what? You're underdoing what now? You spend your time in that way? You're crazy, man. But they can't see your heart. And you can't even articulate the feeling of willingly picking up your cross and dying to self and following him and going, look, I don't even know exactly where we're going. And that does look pretty crazy where we are, but I'll be okay because I'm with him. And I would rather be with him in that war than try and run away from the war and be alone. So I don't know what your 2024 is going to be full of. But I would be inviting you to step forward into your life with Jesus. See, 2024, this church will be committed to that. 2024, this church is going to be a place where if you are here, you're going to constantly be invited to step forward into this life Jesus has for you. Not a safe, reasonable, mediocre, static religion. Uh-uh, not here. City on a Hill, Surf Coast, one thing we're going to ask is we want to be with God. We don't care where He leads us. We're going to be with Him. We're going to be seeking vibrant, expectant, dynamic, deliberate and determined life. Steps forward into our calling from God with Jesus, empowered by His Holy Spirit. One of the church that keeps leaning into 
and thinking about, meditating on the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus because that's what gave us new life. That's what allows us to die to self. That's the confidence we have to continue to rise again. We're going to look to Jesus' life, his obedient, loving, holy life. One of constant honour and the fear of the Lord, full of truth, full of grace. I want to pursue that life and make it my own. Do you? We want to keep looking to the resurrection of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus. The cross-shaped life. We're going to trust in His resurrection from the dead as the forerunner for thousands of many resurrections as we long to experience Him now until the glorious final resurrection and complete resurrection at the end. See, I want to pursue a delight-filled dependence on Jesus for whatever is ahead in the journey of faith and dying to self. I want to constantly be trusting in Him, not in myself. I want to be believing in His Word, not in my own. I want to know that He will provide, not me. I know that He will save because I can't. He will be the one to give comfort. He will be the one to give power. He will be the one to give strength. And I want more of Jesus. Do you? One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, more of Jesus. (laughs) That I may dwell with Jesus all the days of my life to gaze upon His beauty and His beautiful life. I want to go and inquire in His temple. I want to learn from Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to trust him. I want to become like him. To that end, I will seek. I will learn. I will believe and I will wait. What about you? What's your one thing for 2024? What's your one thing? What's your one thing? In Jesus, David's one thing can be your one thing. Sure as hell is going to be mine. We're going to sing. I want to give you some time to reflect. You don't have to sing during this next song. You can just follow along with words on your handout. It's one thing for me to end the sermon, being very personal and probably a little bit sharing, oversharing, a little bit too much. But what I want for 2024. But during this last song, I want to just, during this next song, I want you to just, Work through Psalm 27 on your own or just sit in the quiet of this moment on your own. I want to let you start a conversation with God. I want to let you draw near to God. I can't do that for you. Your parents can't do that for you. Your sister, your brother, your grandmother, they can't do that for you. You have to do that. So I'm just going to get out of the way allow you guys to just figure out your one thing with God. And even if that is, God, right now, you're not my one thing. But if it should be, can you change that in me? I don't know what that is. We're going to hand that over. Um, Beck is going to lead us in this next one. And um, after that, we'll spend some time sharing the Lord's Supper. The reminder that Jesus is the one who makes the way, so that can be our one thing. Thanks, Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, 
or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.